Outside Sports Podcast. I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, Cowboys win, but man, bro, we got a lot to talk about, man. We do got a lot to talk about, but man, let me tell you, you talk about a roller coaster of a fourth quarter, and really last five minutes into overtime. I don't know, my heart, my heart rebate beat is still through the roof. I'm still sweating. I haven't quite got all the perspiration off me yet. What a crazy game. But at the end of the day, we went into New England. First time we've won against the Patriots since 1996. And we came out with the W. So, yeah, we got a lot of good, bad, and ugly to talk about. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be 5-1 and one going into a much-needed bye week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Very happy that we got the bye coming up because, yeah, we really, really need it. But, man, bro. We have all the talent to win the Super Bowl, but I am so, so, so worried about our coaching staff, bro. Yeah, it wasn't a great day for the coaching staff. Uh, In particular, I would say, you know, bonehead plays, which ultimately falls on the head coach um, and and play calling. I know for the first time this year, um, we've pretty much all year you know, just praise Kellen Moore for how he's called these games and talking about him being the next head coach and things of that nature. But I just thought that for the first time this year, a team said, you know what, you're not going to have this. And and what New England did, they said, you're not having Zeke. And, you know, Pollard, the running game's not going to be there. And I thought Kellen Moore was just late to adjust to the pass. I mean, at, at, at the end there in the fourth quarter in overtime, he sort of adjusted to just pass, but – To be honest, I think this is a game where if they have the same game plan they had against Tampa Bay week one, I don't think it's even close. I mean, just a lot of wasted plays on first down, a lot of penalties, and because of that, we're, you know, third and long just way too much. It doesn't matter how good your offense is. You can't convert third and 12, third and 13 consistently in this league. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, man, what would you think of the play calling? I guess we'll kind of start there because I'm, I'm kind of down on Kellen after today. Yeah, so I think what happened, think about it. You know, we talked about it, right? I think Kellen kind of got in his own head going up against uh, Josh McDaniels. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I just think he got in his own head. I think he tried to be too too cute, too – like, like you know what I mean? You kind of had a, a text string going back and forth with the first play of the series, the first uh, series. The fourth down, the fourth and, down, yeah. yeah. And I listen, I get it. We've been aggressive, but you do not do that in Foxborough against that coaching staff. You don't give a rookie quarterback time to get comfortable in your own territory. You see what I'm saying? I would much rather them have put that ball – back up uh, the kid is, is, you know, put him, let's say, at the 20 or the 30 at least and let him work for it. You don't want that kid to get in rhythm. He didn't really do much of anything on that drive, but guess what? The running game got in rhythm, and then so the kid settles down, right? And I just didn't I just didn't think it was time to do that, Not not after the first series. Yeah, that ultimately falls on McCarthy. I mean, he's the one that's making those calls, whether some they're going for it on fourth down. Um, but here's kind of my counter argument to that. I know we went back and forth through through text is, you know, conversion rate is really high on fourth and two or less around the league um, for these first six games. You're seeing almost every team do that. The Chargers did the same thing today. It didn't work, but they went for it on fourth down in like the 35 yard line on fourth and one. And the conversion rate in the league is like 80 percent. So kind of my counter argument to that is if we flip it up on, you know, let's say we're New England Patriots fans right now. Right. 
if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm sick to my stomach that Bill Belichick did not go for the final fourth, and I believe it was fourth and two in overtime, and instead decided to punt the ball. Because you know that Dak was red hot. He had just driven him down for that game-tying field goal. Your defense was on the field. It felt like the Patriots' D was on the field the entire second half. I mean, they were just on the field a ton. So, you know, I, I get the, you know, going forward on fourth and short, and you got to play – you know, matchups and trust your D and everything. But, man, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm going for that fourth and two. And and I just – I try to go win the game right there with Mac Jones. I do not want to give the ball back to Dak Prescott with a chance to win. So, you know, I can kind of see both sides of it. But I know Mike McCarthy is an analytics guy, and, and analytics right now tells you in those fourth and two situations to go for it. Um, I know you're more of a conventional guy, and you're not wrong. It's It's a tough um, – it's a tough decision to make. Yeah, and first of all, if McCarthy's analytics, bro, then I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, so listen, okay, we got the win. That's the most important thing, right? Now, me, yes. you can really – we can enjoy our week. We can enjoy next weekend. You know what I'm saying? We this Yes. People, people don't understand, right? If they had lost, me and you would have been just – we would have not been good this week going, especially looking at football uh, this upcoming weekend, too. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. I wouldn't have had to want to sit two weeks stewing about a close loss like this. So, but you know what? what? You know, at the end of the day, though, if you look at a lot of these teams, man, these one possession, really close games are what separate the seven and, you know, back in the now with the 16 game schedule it used to be. This is what separate a six and 10, seven and nine team versus an 11 and five, 12 and four team. These one possession games. We Dallas was on the, the, the good side of that in 2018. They won a ton of one possession games and they went, you know, went to the playoffs, got beaten the division around, but had a really good year. I think ended 11 and five last year, not so much. They, you know, crap the bed in pretty much all the one possession games. So this year, the one thing that I'm very encouraged about, the Chargers game and the Patriots game, I'm just telling you, I know you don't love Mike McCarthy and I'm a lot more of a fan, but can you honestly tell me that Jason Garrett's coaching staff wins today's game or wins that Chargers game? Because I can tell no, you they do not. A- a- they don't. Absolutely not. As much as I like JG as a person, you're you're right. Absolutely not. I look, man, I you know, just like I said, man, I you know me, I got this thing with McCarthy and just kind of like the same thing I had with Dak. But I just feel like I'm tired of the 51 yard field goals when you yep. got more, you got more real estate to get closer. Cause uh, Greg, the leg is, Oh my goodness, bro. He just makes me nervous every time he has to do a potential game winning or it, game time field goal. And I'll tell you what, he does the same to me and he's actually been pretty good over the last like three weeks. The one he missed today, it was blocked. They kind of showed on the, uh, on the, on the broadcast that was deflected, and that's kind of what made it go offline. But other than that, he's made a bunch of them, but I'm still with you. Every time he goes up there, I just feel in my head he's going to miss it. I expect <laughs> him to miss it every time. You close your eyes, right? I literally – I was telling you, you were like, man, what did you see that play? And I, what did I text you back? I said, no, I'm not – I cannot watch right now because my <laughs> – I'm like my heart's beating too much. I'm sweating. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like my, I'm, I'm listening to the, to the telecast, but I'm not physically watching. That is literally how it was. Honestly, the entire uh, overtime and fourth quarter is basically how it was for me. So, Bro, listen, man. <laughs> if you had – if there was a tape recorder in my house, man, I must 
bro, I was cursing so much. It was unreal, man. It it just it was so crazy how I wish somebody could have had a tape recorder on me after I'm celebrating the day's big six, and then all of a sudden I'm cursing like a freaking sailor because they gave up the touchdown, bro. I was, it was crazy, man. It, it it was it was all right, man. Let's go through this thing like you normally do here: offense, yeah. defense, yeah. special teams, and let's go over. We kind of hit on the coaching staff already, but kind of yes, let's sir. go over our positives and negatives. So uh, let's start on offense, uh, and we'll start with the positives, man. Um, who, who's your who's your star star of the offense today, bro? You know it's Dak. Dak is just on another level right now, bro. And I know I sent the crazy text saying he was in over his head, but I was emotional at the time <laughs> we'll forgive you for that one okay man but no Dak and then obviously cd you know what really you know what's really starting to take place cd has just cemented himself as the clear outright clear number one bro it's just it's it's not even close anymore you know what i'm saying and um and, and you know what man I, I just i just thought that kudos to zeke i thought zeke ran hard he caught the ball. He blocked well. So kudos to, to Zeke, man. I'm gonna continue to eat that crow um, with with Zeke um, Pollard. I just overall the the offensive line. I thought those guys did very well. Obsolete of freaking uh, Williams. Um, I thought I thought badass. You know, played pretty well. Noah Brown with some excellent catches, man. Some clutch catches. I just think overall. Uh, the offense, man, they when they get humming, it's hard to stop, man. What about you? Yeah, totally agree. Four was four today. I mean, they put the ball in his hands and said, go win the football game, and he went and won the football game. Um, it, like I kind of told you earlier in the year uh, with, with one of the reviews we did, again, I just felt like 88 was the best player on the field today. It just doesn't yeah. look like anybody can – match up with his athleticism. Um, I agree he's clear-cut the number one receiver, but for whatever reason, you know, because you have to – I shouldn't say whatever reason because the guy's really good too. But, you know, you have to acknowledge Amari and what he's done. So Amari is oh, yeah. still getting the best corner on the other team. I think sooner or later teams are going to have to start putting the number one corner on CD, and I think Amari is going to blow up, you know, just even more than what he has, you know, what he's done now. But, you know, because Amari basically dragged uh, Jackson around the field today, and, you know, Jackson's their best corner. So uh, offensively, yeah, really good game. Um, couple, you know, positives pretty much all the way around. Um, the only negatives that I would have, uh, Cedric Wilson, he's got to catch that ball in the end zone. We killed Schultz last week for not having yeah, that catch. Absolutely. So 100%. Cedric's got to catch that. And unfortunately, that's kind of the difference between Gallup and Cedric Wilson. I think yep. Gallup's a lot stronger. He may, I think Gallup makes that catch. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Um, but Wilson's a great athlete and he's really good in space. And he had a couple nice catches today too. Um, I thought that he had kind of a quiet game, so he's not really a negative, but I thought that Bill Belichick kind of took Dalton Schultz away. And that was something he kind of alluded to in his press conference. He said, yeah, he actually said every time uh, Ford gets in trouble, with the pass rush, he looks to, to Schultz for his security blanket. So yeah. I think today they were like, let's take Schultz away. And, and he's right. You know, you think about it throughout the year, man. Dak needs to move the chains. 86 is like his number one guy he's going for. 
So, yep. you know, I thought they did a good job of stopping him. Zeke played really good today, man. There was not he a did. whole lot of holes today, and Zeke didn't give up. His body language was good. He ran hard. He, he you know, made himself uh, available in the passing game. So, really liked how Zeke played. Uh, Connor Williams, he played awful today, man. I yep. the, the play – you know, Connor really CD and Dak bailed Connor Williams out because the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that made it third and 25, yeah. you know, and pushed us out of field goal range. That should have lost us the game. But, you know, Dak comes back with a 24 yard pass to CD Lamb and Zerline kicks the field goal because if that doesn't happen, we're roasting Connor Williams right now for just being a bonehead. And let me tell you, he's not good enough to make mistakes like that. Connor Williams is not. In my opinion, he's not even as good as Connor McGovern. And I really think now that Landon um, Lyle Collins is coming back off suspension, I really think that this coaching staff needs to look at Connor Williams and really consider putting Connor McGovern in that spot. I just don't think Williams can hold up. He just doesn't have it mentally, physically. I just don't think he's an every down NFL starter. I think he's an okay backup. He can get you by guard or tackle as a backup, but in the starting lineup, I just do not think he's that guy. No, you're absolutely right, man. Same thing here. He's he he's just in over his now. That's a guy that's in over his head. Yeah, and uh, we can't call him washed because he never had it. You yeah, yeah, you, know, exactly. you can't be a has been when you're exactly. Never and and you know what? I I like that uh, Tyron Smith uh, came back in the game. Although I got mad at him and called him washed too, dude. I'm a loose cannon on this when we text with. Well, hey, let's make no mistake about it, man. Some of those, you know, yes, the Cowboys had some killer penalties today. Some of them were warranted. But there were also some very favorable calls going to England's way by that referee. Of course. You know, and you know, in that stadium with that coaching staff, we know the history. So you have to overcome that, which, man, I am so glad. You know, when we talked about four was put in one of those – uh mirror mazes where he has to basically you know it's kind of like you looking at your own self and you're battling yourself to be able to get out of that maze and uh i man he really really impressed me man. We, we we have a hell of a quarterback bro yes we do and uh last thing here before we kind of go on to the defense i want your take on this something i saw online and i agree with this so we got to talk about that just horrible call by the officiating crew that clearly scores his third and goal from the one yard line. I mean, Dax, half of his body is in the end zone, literally from like his waist in is in. So there's no doubt if you look at it that he scores. And not only do they not call a touchdown, then they don't even review it, which it's within inside two minutes. So it's got to come from a booth review. They don't even review it. And then, of course, on fourth down, the guy makes a really nice play. Dak tries to go over the top, which I'm never a fan personally going over the top in those situations because you can be reckless with the ball and, and a fumble comes there. But to me, man, that third down call was terrible. So somebody put on online that I saw and I wanted your take on this. They said, why do why do we still officiate like it's 1962? Why can't we put like a chip in the football to see exactly to, where it's going, yeah. like a GPS style? Hey, man, yeah. what are your thoughts on that, man? Because I yeah, like that. You, you know, Kellen, Kellen Moore actually brought that up. And for whatever reason, I was listening to it was a podcast. Oh, I forgot whose podcast it was, but apparently the NFL uh, and the, the, I guess, referees and the referees association or whatever 
um, they they don't they still feel like if they put a chip or something in that in that or GPS monitor in that ball, then that's actually taken away from them. And at that point, I I just know it's a lot going on in terms of how the referees feel about it. They still feel that they can actually make that determination or whatever. And so I at least I heard that on I forgot whose freaking pod that was, man. But yeah, because the chip thing makes sense, right? Yeah, man, it's not about the refs. So the refs are saying, well, that takes it away from us. Well, it ain't about you. It's about the stars on the field. It's about the players. They're the yeah. ones, you know, yeah. we don't tu- we don't tune in from 1 p.m. till 11 o'clock on Sundays to watch the referees. We watch, exactly. tune in to watch the players and, the, you know, these chess matches between these great coaches, not with the referees. So exactly like that and it just drives me crazy because it seems like this year whatever they call on the field the refs are gonna stick with it like 99 percent of the time their yep. egos are just too big to yep. admit on it well that they got a call wrong so they're gonna yep. call it on the field every time and and common sense could have gone through those replays obviously because of the bodies there was no play where you specifically saw the ball go over the goal line but yep. common sense could tell you on all those snippets if half of Dak's body is in the goal line then obviously the ball's over too right because it's in his hands ab- ab- so ab- I just yeah man I'm just that that was horrible and if we would have lost by a touchdown today that would have been you know the reason that I would have been you know we lost but you better believe that's something I would be roasting the officiating crew for right now because I'm taking it easy on them because we won I would really be roasting them if we had lost because of that bro that's that's what a win does right because you know we're fired up we bro we wanted heads we wanted heads to roll man you know it's it's that's just a fan, man. This game is so this this is this game is so beautiful. It's so maddening. It's so frustrating, but it's just we can't live without it. I know I can't, you know. <laughs> Me neither, man. Me neither. All right. So on the defensive side, uh, this might be a surprise to some people unless you watch the game, but um, I'll tell you, the best player that we had on defense today, I know Trayvon gets a lot of credit and Micah gets a lot of credit and, you know, we, we got credit to go around. But 94. to me, Randy Gregory reminded yep. me of DeMarcus Ware wearing that 94. He was literally in the backfield getting pressure on every play, had two sacks, the big sack fumble. I mean, that guy was just a monster today. So I got to give Randy Gregory a lot of props, man. What would you think of his play today? Man, he was excellent. You you talking about Demarcus? Uh, Demarcus, where I'm I'm I was thinking of Charles Haley. The oh way wow, he was going in that first ninety four because Haley wore ninety four too. And I'll tell you what, man, that was just impressive the way this guy. And I love the bend that he gets around the corner and everything too, man. So he was awesome, man. He was Randy played a great game, bro. Great, great game. He he literally on the sack fumble, he decleated Mac Jones. I mean, literally, Mac Jones's feet came off the ground. That's how hard Randy Gregory hit him. Just heads up. And I, I was honestly kudos to Mac because I can't believe he got up. I thought that he was going to well, be down <clears throat> after that because he got pummeled. Well, one of the things that Romo, one of the things that I like that Romo kind of pointed out was, yeah, Randy, Randy knew he had the guy dead to rights, and you know what he did? He hit him. He hit him hard, but he hit him safely. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He hit so him in the I waist. Really, yep. Exactly. I really, I really, that's what I enjoyed about it. Hit him with just the correct impact to where, you know, it'll draw the ball out and everything. So, yeah, I, Gregory is, 
you talk about a, a, a just a turnaround story, bro. I'm so happy for that guy, man. But yeah, he 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 is playing just lights out uh, football right now. So glad he's on our side, man. Yeah. And then the other guy, everybody else besides these two, I thought had some you know good plays, but then had some bad plays too. The other guy I thought played really really well today was uh J Ron Curse. J Ron Curse yep. was yep. unbelievable yep. again today, yep. man. Made some big tackles in the backfield for loss. He's just excellent against the run. Uh, yep. He's excellent against the pass. I mean, he just. He, he played just a full game, and he definitely is our best safety now. There's no yes. doubt about it. Um, yes. And he looks kind of like he might be kind of a leader of that defense back there, kind of like a Legion of Boom, Camp Chancellor type of player. So yeah, I'm really absolutely. excited for J. Ron Curse, man. He played Absolutely. Good. I agree. He played outstanding, although I thought there was that one play where he could have – I think he kind of let up a little bit. I, I mean, I would obviously, you know how mean you say we got to go back and watch the tape, but I, I just felt like he kind of let up. I don't know what it was, but I felt like he could have, could have, could have gotten another strip sack on, uh, on Mac Jones. But either way, man, yeah, he played an excellent game, man. Great game by that kid. Yeah, um, everybody else, like I say, they had some good, some bad. So obviously, we'll go to the other star here, Trayvon Diggs. Um, Diggs had an to me he was just having like an average game. He wasn't playing great because he wasn't he getting a, tested really. You know? He wasn't. They weren't throwing his way. Right. And then then he gets a big you know the big pick that he has the athleticism to run it back for the touchdown, um, which you know got us fired up. And then you know basically the next play on offense, the Patriots strike him with a double move and and get a touchdown. But yeah. to me on that play, I know me and Romo are gonna have to disagree on that. And I knew. Yep. Because Romo opened his big. Mouth blaming uh digs. Yeah, I I thought Kazee that was Kazee's coverage. I exactly. think if you really look at it, because he was playing bracket coverage over over under. So Diggs is gonna bite on the underneath stuff because he thinks he has safety help. Kazee, so exactly. yeah, you're right. gonna bite on underneath if you know you don't have to worry about getting beat over your head because you got a safety there. And because he was there, he took a horrible angle and like a terrible per- ball projector. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And it's crazy because because he's played really – I've been praising him all year. His game – his play has been fantastic all season this year. But that was a terrible play on his part. And, uh, unfortunately, Romo blamed Trayvon. But I, I don't blame Trayvon for that. I thought that was because he's man. Me, me too, man. And, and yeah, you're right. He's played really good all year. And I guess sometimes what we – you know, it's just the stakes of the game, right? And, and, and you just go, man, how, how does a guy – has been playing that well. How does he go back to like, let's say, one of our old safeties, like a Wuzier or somebody who would do something stupid like that? You know? Yeah, definitely. I don't miss. I don't man. Or, I don't miss or, a Wuzier and a Xavier or, Woods. or the other Woods. Yeah, that that was almost like a Wood style type play, man. But you know what? We survived that, man. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here, man. Okay. I yep. just think I think this kid. Um, I think Micah, you know, obviously Bill probably, I, just like you said, we got to look at how he was being blocked. I know he was, he got caught up in the wash a lot uh, in this game, more than any other game I've ever seen. And I just felt like uh, this was a game that uh, Skip made a great point that, you you know, when you play the Patriots, they're going to, they're going to get a guy like that caught up in the wash most times, especially a young player like that. And maybe this should have been the game where he was just basically a down lineman. You know? Yeah, I um 
I think that Micah Parsons, it, it, you know, we got to remember he's a rookie and he's only yeah, played five absolutely, games. Absolutely. So I think he's kind of relying on athleticism to kind of carry him by. Right now, he's a little bit slow from what it looks like to me and kind of read and react type yeah. of plays, which that, you know, he'll get better at that as he goes and gets experience. But I just don't think. Dallas was to me. It looked like they lined him up in the middle a lot, like yeah. like kind of the Mike linebacker. And to me, yeah. that's not where he's going to be strongest suited for because he plays off of speed. So I yeah. want that guy covering an edge. I want him either either rushing the passer or taking a running back out of the flat or you know being able to. You know, if somebody has a little one or two yard pass, I want Micah the one that's chasing him down to close distance and get a tackle. So. I just don't think they were quite using them in the right spot today. You know, I get it. Um, when you're going against a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones, maybe you don't want to, you know, you want to have as many guys back in coverage there as possible to kind of confuse him and you want to disguise things. And and yeah. I get that. I just – I think you're right. He's At this time, he is suited best coming off the edge with explosiveness. And one thing I noticed too, and this kind of hurt Micah, from a stat standpoint, but I think it helped in the game plan, kind of like an unnoticed stat. There's a lot of times when Michael Parsons was lined up like he was going to blitz, and then he would, like, take two steps and then back out of the blitz sure, and right. go back to recovery. Yeah, so when you do too. that, it's hard to make a big play, but those yeah. are big because if Mac Jones thinks he's coming, now all of a sudden he's got all eyes on 11, and then, you know, oh, crap, 11 goes back into coverage, and it just – you know, things happen so fast. You're going against a rookie. So I think that had something to do with it as well. I thought he played well today. I don't think he was great. I don't think anybody else was great. I don't think Kenu Neal was great today. Vander Esch missed some tackles in the open field. I don't think he was I didn't great even, today. I didn't, even think, I didn't even think he was on the field today, uh, LV, seriously. Well, he was beat. He got beat pretty bad on um one of the very – the first drive, one of the very first – runs he was in the open field and he got you know beat pretty bad he made a nice play down in the goal line on one of those uh third and goals there he was one of the ones that was in the backfield kind of initiated the first contact it looked like so he played all right but yeah for the most part a lot of guys i mean we talk about that with bill man bill's gonna take your guys who make plays and he's just gonna kind of eliminate them out of the game plan i didn't really hear osa's name much today so i'm assuming right i'm thinking osa probably got a lot of double teams today yep. um so really the only say the only guy that really flashed on D was uh what was Randy Gregory and and, and Curse. That was really it. Uh, the defense definitely was not great against the run today. I don't know, you know, what the deal with that was. I don't know if it was the the scheme that Bill was running and it was just different look than what they've seen because you know Dallas has been pretty physical at stopping the run so far. So I don't think that the New England was, you know, physicality, you know, one-on-one moving them. Um, but, you know, they got to clear those things up because they were rough against the run today. But ultimately, you know, they were good enough to win the game. They got a couple takeaways, had uh, one takeaway, ran back for a touchdown. So they were good enough to win. Just just a valiant effort, not a great effort, just a valiant effort today by the defense. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, um... Yeah, they. I mean, they, 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 they got timely stops. We, we, we get timely turnovers, and, and yeah, man. So, so very, very happy with the result. Let's talk about the coaching staff. You know, I'm waiting on that. All right, so I'm going to start off with a positive, Uh-oh. and uh, you know, it's hard for me to do positive here because this is a guy I've kind of killed a lot, but. <laughs> 
Uh, we were really good on special teams today. I can't really say anything <laughs> bad about special teams. We blocked a punt today, which yeah. was the last time the Cowboys blocked a punt. I was thinking about that. When is the last time we had something like that happen? I can't remember. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was really nice. Uh, we were, you know, we had one time where they got the one of the I can't remember his name. He's a blonde, long, uh, long blonde hair, kind of like Cole Beasley, but he's one yeah. of the best returners in the league. He was all pro yeah. last year returner. He had one return that he kind of got twenty yards on the sidelines, but for the most part, we kept him in check today. Uh, Zerline hit the field goals, other than the one that got tipped a little bit, but thought for the most part, special teams was good today. Really love the block. I mean, the block punt's a huge play. Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't cash it for any points because we got screwed on the third down call by the refs. But, right. you know, usually a play like a block punt, those are just huge plays that can just tip a game, you know. And so I, I like to see that. I'm going to give Bones Fossil some credit. I thought he had, I thought he did a nice job today. And remember, New England's known for their special teams because, you know, Bill Belichick started off as a special teams coach back in his day. So New England's always a good special teams, uh, special teams team. So, yeah, thought uh thought he was good today. Yeah, man, I uh that was one of those plays too where I was like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, what what yeah. actually what what got me going too? This is how oh, crazy man. fan I am. I'm like Gifford, great job. And then I'm thinking like, no, Gifford, like don't pick it up because he had Noah Brown right behind him. And I'm like, if Noah <laughs> picks it up, he's gone. He got Noah's athletic as hell. So, Bro. but you know, give, but I can't. <laughs> You block that, you want to pick it up and run it back too. So I get it, but the crazy hey, fan of he's like, no, let Noah run it back. Exactly, man. That stuff's happening so quick. And here we are saying you should do this. So yeah, it's funny, man. But no, I gotta give Bones credit because you're right. We 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 definitely gave him slack for when he sends people and all that good stuff, man. So yeah, I uh Bones Bones unit has really started to settle down and, and those guys are making timely uh tackles, open field tackles, just like you said, they've been getting pressure on kickers um basically a lot here the you know the past month or so. And then also gotta give Greg Delay credit for being able to have a bunch of touchbacks on the kickoffs so that kid doesn't get loose because like you say he's very elusive. He's he's a good returner and you definitely want to be able to just like I said make the rookie work for field position and uh, you know, getting the team, uh, his team in place. So yeah, kudos to uh, specials team coordinator. All right, let's talk about the offense coordinator. What you got? Yeah, man, I thought Jason Garrett was calling the plays again today, and you know that what? was. I thought it was the JG era where it was first down, run the ball, first down, run the ball, first down, <laughs> run the ball, and that's second and ten, second and nine, second and nine. I'm like, Kellen, what the hell are you doing, man? Like. Obviously, look, we we came out and we tried to establish the run early in the game. Yeah, obviously it wasn't working and a telltale sign of when it's not working. It's third and one and we give it to Zeke twice and he doesn't get it either time. So that's a telltale sign that, look, the running game is not there today. I think Dak started the game out. I want to say he started the game out like 10 for 10. Like he he didn't have an incompletion in his first 10 passes. Yep. So I'm like, Kellen, it's like hitting you in the face right now how obvious it is what you need to do. You need to lo- open this offense up and let Dak fling the football. And I just thought he was late to the party at adjusting, man. I thought the game was a lot closer because he was, you know, quote unquote, refusing to go to that game plan to abandon the run. And I know a lot of these football aficionados and these guys who, I've been watching it for years and years. Going to say you got to stick with the run. You got to stick with the run. But I just don't believe in that anymore, man. In modern day NFL, 
downs are too valuable. Every possession is too valuable because these games are high scoring. And if the run's not there, to me, they're wasted plays. Every time you get a one-yard pickup or a two-yard pickup, is just a wasted play. So – I, I don't know, man. I, I I didn't like Kellen. I really disliked the two-point conversion play call at the end there where he's, like, doing the little pitch to Pollard. It just – I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't just, like that either. Too no, cute. he's getting, getting way too cute. It worked for yeah. him against Carolina to steal the game. And I think, you know, he's just getting too cute. At the end of the day, look, man, if, if we got a two-point conversion attempt – I want the ball in Dak Prescott's hands. That's just exactly. me. If, it, if the game, if it's any scoring play where it's on the line, give me and give the ball in four's hands and let me, you know, I'll take my chances there. Whether that's him running, passing, you know, doing whatever. But I'm not going to, you know, give it to Pollard on the edge. I just don't love that matchup. So, all in all, I'll say Kellen did okay today. I think he was shaken up going against Bill Belichick. But, you know, just okay today. Not 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 his best performance. I totally agree with all your things that you assess on Kellen. Um, he's got to get better. I think he'll clean that up, as they like to always say. Watch the tape. He'll he'll clean it up, and I think he'll come out that bye week with some with with you know with definitely some new wrinkles. Although I did like the point that um, Tracy Wolfenson said that. You know, the Cowboys did have some new wrinkles going into the second half to kind of because they know Bill had basically had a blueprint for what they're going to be doing. So I did I did like that because the Cowboys did start to become dominant, although we know that Patriots defense is is, it's hard to score on them in in the uh, red zone. So I was very, very uh, happy with that. Um, I. So so Kellen gets a, a C plus, if anything. You know, he got the win, so we'll I'll tack the plus on to there. But man, McCarthy, man, you know me and you're gonna go back and forth. I just think that his strategy when it comes to these freaking long field goals and managing timeouts is it drives me nuts, bro. He he did make two mistakes, there's no doubt about it, with the timeouts. All right. At the end of the game, he left uh 20 seconds for like no reason there at the end of yep. the game uh, where he could have bled the clock down to like three seconds and kicked the field goal. Cause if you miss the field goal, the game is over. So, yep. I mean, there's no reason to leave any time on the clock. And if you make it, why are you giving new England any possible play after that? That doesn't make any sense. So that was a mistake on McCarthy's part at the end of the half. He has a timeout in his pocket, and he takes it with, like, 10 seconds to go, but there was only two seconds on the play clock, and it was, you know, third down. I'm like, no, make them run the play on third down, then call your timeout and make them punt on fourth down because now it's fourth down and there's, like, eight seconds left. So you're going to at least force the other team to punt, and who knows? Maybe you block another punt, maybe you get a run back, and you're able to get, you know, try for, like, a 60-some yarder, something to get points at the end of the half, but – you have to do that to give maximize your possession. So you are right. I don't love McCarthy in time management. I haven't liked it since he to be honest, I haven't liked it with Dallas in like a decade. JG yeah. I thought always yeah. struggled with it too. And now McCarthy's struggling with it as well. So I don't know if they need to like bring in somebody on the sidelines to just work clock management or what the hell they need to do. But it seems like we always struggle with clock management. They need to do like the Ravens. They got that kid from MIT. That's their uh, their analytics guy, and he's right there on the field, man, and he does all the clock because the Ravens, they they never have clock issues, bro. 
And so that's I just think that's that's too valuable when you when you have a team that's this close and already, Anthony, you have to be able to have a coaching staff that's ready to just unleash this team, but know when to kind of reel them in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100 um, percent. And like I say, uh, I'm not going to kill McCarthy for the fourth down. Go for it, because ultimately that's what the league does now. Yeah, and I don't right. disagree you're with right. it. You're right. Um, you're but right. I don't believe they came out with a lot of energy and ready to play today. So ultimately that's going to fall on McCarthy. They were off to a slow start. I mean, literally they went they they had a bad first drive, turned the ball over on downs, the defense gets the ball, goes right down and scores at seven nothing before we can even blink. So ultimately that falls on McCarthy. That gave me flashbacks to the Jason Garrett days, especially big games on the road. How many times did we come out, you know, lulled and we were down, you know, seven nothing before we even knew what, you know, what before I could even drink my first beer, we're down seven to nothing. So that, right. that's how it felt today as well. So ultimately that falls on McCarthy. And I get it. New England's a hard place to play. You're going against Bill Belichick. You're on the road. A lot of variables yeah. there. And I understand all that. But if, if we, if this team wants to get where we think they can get and where Mike McCarthy ultimately wants them to get, then you have to come out in these tough places and, you know, you have to be ready to play because, you know, at the end of the day, we're probably going to go on the road in the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, I do think Dallas is going to win the NFC East. I'll say that now. I don't feel jinxed or anything like that. We now have a three-game lead in the NFC East. We've beaten two opponents. So, you know, I expect us to be in the playoffs but I expect this to go deep in the playoffs and more than likely you're, you know, only one team gets a bye week right? So more than likely you're going to not have a bye week and you're going to have to, at some point go on the road to get to where you want to be. And, you know, against a, I'm not saying this, the England team's a bad team because I don't think they're a bad team, but I don't think they're an elite team either. I think they're just a middle of the road type of team. And if you come out slow like that against, let's say Tom Brady and Tampa Bay or Arizona with Kyler, you could be looking up down, you know, 14 nothing, 21 nothing, not just 7 nothing. So that right, that is right, concerning. Right. right, man, right. Absolutely. Well, look, I know that that I, you know, great wrap up on our team's win, man. You know, once me and you get off here, we will uh listen to Broadus and them kind of break this thing down. I know we'll be anxiously waiting on Baldinger's uh, you know, his, his uh clips of the game his tapes those are very good i love looking at those things we send it to each other but i know you want to kind of go around the league i really didn't pay too much to around the league but i know you definitely want to talk about baker mayfield so go at have at it yeah last point before we get off the cowboys just real quick uh, sure. on one yeah. positive i want to give mike mccarthy and dan uh and kellen moore today um, how often did dallas it seems like a lot of times in the past the best player on the other team would wreak havoc on us, right? And I thought Dallas did a really good job of neutralizing Matthew Judon today. Matthew Judon's their best player on the Patriots defense, yeah. and it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. He's, he's the best a bad player guy, too. He, 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 he's a stud. Yep. He is insane. Yep. He is great. And I don't really, I mean, other than a couple of plays, I don't remember really hearing his name called too much today. So I'm interested to see Broadus and, and Baldinger and then break that down. I'm not sure how they were able to neutralize Judon, but I'm, I'm assuming it was a lot of double teams and stuff like that. But, you know, just give kudos to that for not allowing, you know, the best player to come at you. Um, all right, Baker Mayfield, man. So, man, here, here's the bottom line, man. I've been sticking up 
for Baker Mayfield. I, I thought Baker has been pretty good for like the last, you know, three years. And I'm telling everybody, man, Baker can lead this team and get them where they need to go. And Baker's, you know, he, he, he's, he's good enough to, to get you to a Super Bowl with this much talent around him. I got to tell you, man, Baker Mayfield, I, I'm done with him. He's not good enough to do anything. This is the second week in a row, and I know he played good last week, and they still lost because their defense gave up 40-some points to the Chargers, but he looks awful today against Arizona. I mean, he's at home. They're supposed to be this dominant Cleveland team. He's got weapons everywhere. He's got Austin Hooper and Joku, Jarvis Landry. I know he's got Beckham, who's – Beckham is what he is now. He's got Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has that 200 monster with, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and he just can't get the job done. And I just cannot defend Baker Mayfield anymore, man. I- I'm to the point now where Cleveland has a really good squad, and I think they could still upset some people in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, if this team wants to get – you know, to a championship, AFC championship game, to a Super Bowl, I do not believe Baker Mayfield is the guy to get them there anymore. I just think they're hindered by bad quarterback play. And at the end of the day, bad quarterback play, that is a killer when it comes to the playoffs. So am I too hard on Baker or are you seeing the same thing? Um, I would say you're about right. Um, I just, you know, I don't really pay attention to Browns uh, football anyway. Um, but, but, you know, just hearing all the experts, hearing you, you guys talk about this today. Yeah, I think the, I think the book's out on him. I don't see him getting that huge extension like the others in his class because of the fact that Stefanski and his staff are not re- – they're not really tied to Baker. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and, you know, with Stefanski, the way he coached in that game where – um, you know, he, he basically took the ball out of Baker's hands. That tells you everything you need to know about what he actually thinks of Baker. And then, of course, Baker follows it up with this performance. So, yeah, man, he can never get on a uh, page with Odell. And so, yeah, man, uh, he I, I just think that he's one of those. Baker could 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 possibly be a backup, uh, I would say, in the next two to three years if, if he does if he's not careful, you know. Man, just I'm just gonna read you these stats for today. All right, so that's when you look at the first two numbers, but it's really the back two that I'm focusing on here. All right, so Baker Mayfield today was 19 of 28 for 235, two touchdowns and a pick. Now keep in mind that he, you know, they lost the game 37 to 14. So he was getting blown out, and at the end, he overinflated some of those stats just a little bit. But sure, but Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb was out hurt today. Kareem Hunt went 14 carries for 66 yards. So Arizona neutralized the running game uh, sure. of, of Chubb and made Baker beat him. And if teams daring to beat you and you pull up 235 yards with two touchdowns and a pick, that's not going to work. So then on the flip yeah. side of that, Kyler Murray had similar stats when it comes to yardage. James Conner, his running back, went 16 carries, only had 71 yards, so they didn't have a great running game. But Kyler was 20 of 30, 229, not great yardage, but he had four touchdowns and didn't turn the ball over today. So when Kyler, his, you know, and we're talking Oklahoma quarterbacks here, you know, Baker left, got drafted, and then Kyler came in, went to Oklahoma and got drafted. To me, Kyler Murray is just – it isn't even a debate who's better anymore between Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. Kyler might be the MVP of the league right now. 
And like you said, Baker could be staring at a bench here within the next couple of years. And it's just a shame because Cleveland has the best running attack in the league. They've got a solid defense. It's not great. It struggled the last two weeks, but they have a solid defense. And the guy, he just has weapons everywhere, man. I mean, he literally has kind of like a skill set players, kind of like what Dak's got. I mean, he's yeah. got Landry, Odell Beckham, Austin Hooper. He's got talent everywhere. And he's just not doing better than that. And the guy was the number one overall pick. It's just, I, I hate it for Cleveland fans because they stunk for so long. They finally got something that maybe they can try to, you know, win with. And unfortunately, I just don't think they have that guy at the quarterback position. Wow. Wow. That, that's, a, that's a surgical assessment of Baker Mayfield. And you're spot on, brother. Um, I, I watched a little bit of the, uh, of the Jags and the uh, Dolphins. Dolphins. And I thought, you know, I, I thought it was kind of what I thought it was going to be. I just thought that um, Miami is – I still say Miami needs a quarterback. I just do. Um, and I thought Jacksonville, I think Trevor Lawrence is really starting to kind of find his his rhythm. You know what I'm saying? So that was a pretty decent game. I just kept checking in and checking out on it when I was on the plane. But uh, – and then – uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Chiefs and the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, man. So um, Washington football team against the Chiefs today, Washington did a pretty good job of hanging in there. Mahomes looked rusty again today, man. He threw two picks in the first half, and then in the second half he kind of woke up. They were actually – the Chiefs were down 13-10 to 10 at the half. And then in the second half, Mahomes, you know, poured it on and they pulled away. But really the guy that I'm looking at – for whatever reason around here, man, these this my local Redskin. Well, I can't call them Redskin anymore. I'm sorry, Washington Football Team Nation around here. They they treat Chase Young like he's freaking JJ Watt, and he is Aaron Donald. And he had one sack last week. He had his first sack of the year. And then today the they credit him with half a sack, which, to be honest, I don't even think he deserved it. The other guy had him wrapped up, and he come in and kind of pulled him down and, and got in on the action, but. Man, I don't know what it is about this that Washington football team, but they are just not as – they're horrible on defense, man. They have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. They struggled today to stop the run against Kansas City. That's a Jack Del Rio coach defense, uh, a Ron Rivera head coach team. You know, what the heck is wrong with the Washington football team, man? Have you gotten to see them play much this year? What would your assessment be on them? No, I, ha- I have not, um, but – I know you you've been keeping me updated on Chase Young and I just I really felt like he lost a lot of weight during the uh, offseason with his training. I used to see a little bit of his training videos and I just think he's not as as strong. He's explosive, but I don't think he's as strong as he was his rookie year. Um and and I told you I like the uh, Heineke kid. I just thought he had a lot of moxie, but that could only get you so far really. You know what I'm saying? And yep. uh and I, I mean, Rivera, it's a good story. Don't get me wrong. He's a cancer survivor and everything. But I was never really impressed with Ron Rivera, man. I just think that he's a good coach. And I don't think he'll be able to take them where they need to be because he didn't have, obviously, he didn't have anybody as dynamic as he had when he had Cam Newton, you know, and when Cam was in his prime. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, the Rivera thing, it was a little shot in the arm, you know what I'm saying? But I still think the type of man that Rivera is versus the guy that he's working for. I just don't think that I, I, I just don't think that's something he really, really, really wants to be associated with that. I could be wrong, but I just, 
just kind of what I know of the man, Ron Rivera, and then the guy that he's working for. Yeah, that's true. You know, that, that organization's a dumpster fire. Let's not forget, you know, all these email issues that John, oh, yeah. you know, had yeah. this week. Bruce Allen. Yeah. That was Bruce yeah. Allen's Washington football team. Yep. You know, that was them in the middle of that investigation. And yeah. of course, of course, nothing's going to happen to Dan Steiner because, you know, I always say there's a big difference about the guy that's cashing the checks and yep. the guy that's writing the checks, right? Absolutely. And the guy that's Absolutely. writing the checks ain't getting he ain't getting in trouble, man, when you're writing the checks. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about them. Uh, on a couple positives, man, uh, once you're just quick take, we'll preview this, you know, real quick. Next week, I already got my – Already looking ahead the next week, man, and um, had two games today that were absolute blowouts. Uh, the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Chargers today. It wasn't yeah. even close. I want to say yeah. it ended like thirty-eight to six or something like that. It was not a close, close game. Um, and then the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I know they went to Detroit, but still, it's on the road. You know, I know Detroit doesn't have a win yet, but Cincinnati dismantled them. 34 to 11. So that moves the Bengals up to like a four and two record. And remember, they really should have beat the Packers the week before that. So, I mean, the, the field goal kicker missed two field goals. They would have beat uh, Green Bay. Next week, we get that matchup uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore, I believe. Looking ahead the next week, I'm pretty sure they play next week. So, yeah, man, just quick. What's your quick assessment on those two squads? I think Baltimore might be a. Uh, dark horse Super Bowl contender at this time. I really do, man. They look really good. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw a little bit of Baltimore. Yeah, they, they definitely look really good. Their defense, I think, is really starting to find a little bit of footing, even though um, uh, the kid, ah, uh, the kid for the freaking charges, the quarterback, Herbert. Herbert, yeah. He, I, I felt like that's his worst game he's had as a pro. And, you know, people, Quarterbacks are going to have that as they continue to build and and develop who they really are. Um, I just thought it was a bad matchup for Herbert and the way the Ravens. You know the Ravens. The Ravens are the Ravens. They got that system, and uh, man, Lamar looks sharp. He looks good, and he's so doggone elusive back there. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Ravens are a are a sleeper Super Bowl contender. That's only going to get better because I think they get some people back. So, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with that. In Cincinnati, I like that kid, man. I like uh, Joe Burrow, man. I just think that he's got to, you know, one of the things, I, I don't know if it was Aaron Rodgers or somebody was saying that, he just got to learn to 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 know when to, you know, basically give up his body and know when to just live another day. But I, I definitely like Cincinnati and where they're headed, and he's he's the perfect quarterback for 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 what's needed in terms of turning that franchise around. So yeah, I, I, I like I like the Bengals and what they're doing. Yeah, that is the matchup next week. It is Ravens Bengals. So that'll be that's probably the marquee one o'clock matchup. That'll be a yep. good game next week. But yeah, I'll tell you, you know, when these quarterbacks come in that are highly talented out of college and they go to these losing organizations with losing cultures, yeah. you got to have a little bit of moxie to you to kind of change that culture. You Absolutely. know, I think Kyler's done that well with Arizona. I really, even though I'm not a fan of his anymore, Mahomes kind of did the same thing for Kansas City. He just brought that moxie with them. And yeah. I think Bill Burrow just, he has that moxie to just change the culture in Cincinnati. So that's been a losing franchise for a long time, let's be honest. Even when, yep. you know, they had Marvin Lewis and they were going to the playoffs, they, they didn't win a playoff game at all. So I, I right. just I really like what they're doing in Cincinnati. I still think they're a year 
away from really being, you know, really good. But I think they're yep. good enough to make the playoffs this year as a wild card for sure. And I think, you know, they may be one year away from – we talk about them as one of the top teams. Um, but Baltimore, man, I'll tell you, right now in the AFC, I think the Bills and the Ravens are the two best teams. And that could, would be a really good game watching them guys play, trying to see, you know, Josh Allen's high-powered offense against Lamar's ability to just run the ball all over you. And, you know, give Lamar credit, though. He For much flack as Lamar gets at times, I think Lamar's throwing the ball really well this year. He's not having any issues throwing the football. So, you know, a lot of people look at him as only a running quarterback, but I'm not seeing this this year, man. Last week on Monday night, he flung the football all over the field, and then he did the same thing today against the Chargers. So I'd say they're the two best teams in the NFC. And on the flip side, obviously Arizona's undefeated, so they've got to be the the best team. And they beat the Rams, they beat the Browns, they got a lot of quality wins. So I think Arizona's probably the top team in the NFC. And I, I, call me a homer or not, but I think Dallas is the second best team in the NFC right now. I really think that. We got quality wins against the Chargers, the Patriots, came real close to, you know, being 6-0. and So I, I think, you know, those are the, the two teams out to the early uh, stretch in, in both conferences. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you also, man. And so, yeah, man, we just got to let it play out. But golly, man, it's so great to have a win and go into that bye week with the win and to watch, watch the – I'll peep at this uh, Steelers-Seahawks game for just a little bit, but I think I'm going to pack it in a little early tonight and uh, just enjoy uh, Broadus and them as I kind of wind down the, the night, you know? Yeah, yeah. remember – uh, you don't get to watch Russell Wilson tonight. It's uh, Geno Smith, so that that might oh, put you that well, might put you to bed a little earlier than you even well, anticipated. You, you know what? Never mind. Then I won't even mess with that. I'll watch <laughs> a little bit of the Braves and the uh, the Braves and the Dodgers. I'll that's, do that. that that's go it, that's good. The, yeah, you know, How, yeah, man. That that's my pet peeve too, man. Every time, every year. We get this uh, one of these primetime quarterbacks will get hurt and then their team will be on primetime TV like every week after that. So last week, Seattle, you know, got hurt on Russ got hurt on Thursday night. And then this week, Seattle plays Sunday night and the next week, they're the Monday night matchup. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to watch these primetime games with Geno Smith, man. Exactly. No, I'm good. But yeah, man. So we'll enjoy this victory this week. Uh, I really want Dallas to get health. We got a lot of guys that are banged up. Zeke's banged up. Tyron Smith, obviously Gallup uh, and Gallimore, those guys who need to come back. So hopefully they can get their bodies right here in the next week and they can come back after the bye. And I've already got my eyes squarely set on the Minnesota Vikings on Halloween night. The Sunday night game, Halloween night against the Vikings, ready, ready to take down Kirk Cousins, man. I already got my eyes on it. Now, is that in Dallas or is that in Minnesota? I believe I got it up real quick. Got the schedule up real quick. Uh, that game is in Minnesota. So that oh, is an away man. game. Yes, yeah, okay. Sunday night, Halloween night, the Sunday night matchup in Minnesota. So that, uh, it's a it's winnable be a game, tough man. One. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, be a tough game. One. Yeah. So another one like today, a, a pretty good team on the road. Both teams are coming off a bye. Both teams actually go their bye week, so there's no advantage of, you know, one team's coming off a bye and not the other one. So right, that, right. That, that'll be a tough game. And then, you know, after the bye week, we've got a three-game stretch here. Minnesota, then Denver comes to Dallas, and then we play Atlanta, you know. Those are three winnable games for the Cowboys. They're not yes. gimmies by any, re- yes. any you know, nature, but 
they're a very winnable game. So, you know, we got to keep this momentum and we won four in a row and we got to, oh, we won five in a row, right? We won five in a row. Five in a row. We got to string some more wins together here after the bye. Absolutely, man. Well, look, this has been great, man. We, uh, felt like we did a nice little recap of our boys win and, uh, touch a little bit on everything else. So yeah, brother, this has been good, man. Have a great week. Appreciate you as always. And I'll see you on the other side, brother. All right, man. Happy to hear that you didn't get completely broke in Vegas and you're back home now, man. So yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk later. Absolutely, man. Take it easy. You too. All right.